0: I drove three hours for this, and you gave me stale cookies—cookies <laughs> that were in the
1: freezer Don't since you dare. Christmas. Don't you dare. Since I know. Christmas, I know. Don't you since dare. Christmas,
2: <laughs> I put them there hoping that somebody would need cookies before now. And then the last time you said we always <laughs> have tea and cookies, and I never got around to baking cookies today. So there.
0: I believe you. It was all dusted. Yeah, and you know, honestly, if you baked cookies, by the time I got here, they would have been stale. Oh. Because it took me
3: so long. It took
2: you so long.
3: Well, friend, we knew we wanted to discuss teaching. Yes. And we knew we wanted people to write in. So I received one question, and this can be a teaching moment. If you're able to answer it now, good. If you want a little time to think about it, that's all right. But how do you deal with there not being
2: enough hours in the day to get everything you want done? That's interesting. Um, because I was a stay-after-school kind of teacher, and the bells ring, and the kids leave, and you can't finish things a lot of times. However, I started staying after school on a Tuesday afternoon, a Wednesday afternoon, a Thursday afternoon. The only problem is that we didn't always have buses for them. And so I ended up having to get permission to drive the students home. Wow. But we we Who Would you get the
0: permission from if you don't mind me asking?
2: Oh, I had to call home and ask somebody if it was all right to keep them. So. And you drove the bus. Oh no no no! I never kept the whole class. By <laughs> okay. the way, never the whole class. But if there were certain students who really needed that lesson, I tried to keep that going and not let that fade into the, you know, to the forgetful place.
3: Okay, and can you expand on that outside the realm of teaching? Maybe now you feel like you have enough hours in the day to get everything done because you move at a nice, easy, peaceful pace. Mm -hmm. But maybe when you were younger, did you ever feel like there wasn't enough hours?
2: Oh, yes. Especially like when there were performances, because I was a dancer. And then I always wanted to make good grades in school. I personally love to do that. It it was important to me. I'm an only child. And that was when somebody gave me a good grade on a paper, uh, that was something I could show my mother and be so very proud of. And so trying to study and make good grades at school, also dance out and in performances, um, I was really busy. I didn't have a whole lot of time. After I was 11, I, I found that I didn't have much time to just be a kid.
1: Geez, from, from 11 on, yes, it was.
2: From 11 on.
1: Wow. That's young. I um, feel like I'm
3: still a big child, <laughs> at least a big baby, from what I've
2: been told. <laughs> well, keep the child alive inside, yes. then it's, it'll keep you happy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like when you said, uh, like, there's so many, like, there's not enough hours in the day. Like, how do you manage to get it done? You just not get it done too. You know to leave it there. Procrastinating works. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> you're a busy guy. How do you
3: feel like you're getting everything done that you need to get done in your life? Um
0: I think it's just chunk yardage. It's a lot like I guess I would consider it football. Like you just, you know, capitalize on like the short successes. Um and, you know, you try not to go like, you know, like if I go if I know I have like deadlines or a big project, I'm not gonna try to do it all at once, like right from the jump, I'm going to kind of space it out because I've mixed other things in with it, but I just have to, you know, I have to stay on top of myself because I, you know, I I work now full time for myself. So I'm not, you know, doing what I need to do. I don't make money. You know, like I, like people rely on me. I don't get back to them in time, you know, something can fall through. So it's like me, I just have to maintain, I have to manage my time better. And especially with like, this, um, you know, I'm even doing the stuff. I think I told you down at my beach house, I'm putting in pavers. Yeah. So I was just there for the past three days working remote. I was on phone calls all day yesterday, then I'm running outside doing pavers and back in. So like today I was like super busy in the morning and then um, you know, planning for this too. And I'm still doing a lot of like writing and like as far as the stand up goes, I'm gonna get back into the stand up in June. I just don't have the time. So and, uh, and I know like a lot and of people, that's, that's the crux of yeah. the question. You just said, it. Just, I just don't, don't have enough time. Yeah. But you want to focus on the things that are important to you. And like, there might be a lot of important things. So if I'm going to, if I put all my eggs in, I think i talked about it on the first one, put all my eggs in like one basket, I'm going to leave the other stuff cold. Like, so like, I think I just have to, I have to have a sample of what like, every little thing to just keep me motivated in each of those fields. Yes. A little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. No cold eggs.
3: <laughs> well, that was a anonymous question that was uh, sent to me by a friend, so okay. maybe not so anonymous. Fine. But I thought that was a good question. How do we deal with not enough time? And I yes. to How do you long. deal with it? Uh, I find that making lists uh, helps me if I really need yes. to get stuff done, mm-hmm. and I don't always follow them, but that that's what I do because the the dopamine release from crossing something off a list is a uh, is a good motivator for me. So. But yeah, time management. I mean, the phones the phones are the worst thing ever. They, yes, oh, yeah. yes. they just take away all your time. They do. But So from 11 years old, yes. you feel like you're not able to be a child anymore. That's right. We were kind of talking before, and we're excited to kind of dive into your teaching career a little bit. And you didn't even consider this part of your teaching career, but to me it's part of it. What was your first teaching job?
2: I actually had my mom help me move all the furniture out of the living room. And I told a teacher at school that I needed to work to help my mother pay the bills. Uh, my dad was gone, and uh, I, knew, I knew something had to be done. And the only thing I really knew how to do was dance. Um, my teacher was so nice, she uh, ran off some flyers. I put them around in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I, what I did was only open my dance studio for children up to my age, no one over my age. So uh, three to 11 were my wow. kids, and it started with just a few. I had four or five children. I taught after school and all day on Saturdays. Eventually, I had 150 kids.
3: So you started this at 13. Wow. Uh,
2: yes. And
3: this, this peak at 150 yes. students, yes. what what age are you then?
2: I'm a senior in high school because okay. I started teaching adults, too. They needed somebody <laughs> yeah. to help with some of the, the local shows, and so I ended up helping with the adults.
0: And if you don't mind me asking, what did you try? Like, I'm thinking like dance now probably costs a lot of money. Back then, people right. didn't have much, and also... No like figuring out the right things. What did you charge for like a session?
2: Well, I didn't go by the session. It was by the month. Okay. So there were kids. It was like, a yeah, <laughs> like, like $3 a month and then maybe $5 a month. And it started with just tap. And then to ballet, I added the ballet. And eventually I added acrobatics. And eventually... All in,
3: all in your living room? We
2: started right in the living room. Eventually... My mother and I moved out of the house and uh, moved into a small apartment, which this was an issue. However, the people in Daytona Beach were so nice to me. Um, Everyone was interested in what was going to become of me. So I I started asking, where could I teach? And they let me teach in a a local gym. So uh, then I had to change what days I could actually teach. And I, they still let me teach all day on Saturdays, so it it never ended until I fell off the stage. As a senior in high school, I was uh, dancing uh, at a luncheon, okay. and I I slipped. I was doing a toe tap number, slid right off the stage, and down into the orchestra pit. Well, I climbed back out with lots of clapping going on. So I you know you're so excited about being there that you don't notice what's happening to the foot. Mm-hmm. I landed on my left foot when I slid down, and my foot was swelling, and I didn't know it until I got off the stage, took off my shoe, and my foot had swollen badly. went to see the doctor, and the pivot bones on the bottom of my left foot were shattered.
0: Now I'm not a doctor. What are the pivot bones or your, your toes, right? Yeah. No, no,
2: they're in the ball of your foot. In the ball
0: of your foot, okay. And, okay. and
2: that is absolutely essential to dancing.
0: I must not have been born with those.
1: <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Well they
2: were they weren't able to fix it. And so the rest of my life every time I put on a pair of heels, high heels or anything like that, my foot would swell. But it was the end of my dancing career.
3: So your dancing teaching career is 13 to 17, 18 years old? Yes, And you said everyone in Daytona Beach knew you. Yes, they did. Was there any awards or acclamations you earned while in Daytona Beach? I did.
2: Uh, In order to advertise my dance studio, I entered all the local beauty contests. I was Miss Daytona Beach. I was Miss Volusia County uh i was let me say uh miss southland uh there were a lot of contests and i would just wear a banner uh for my dance studio and a one-piece bathing suit no two-piece for me i
0: stick to the one piece
2: works Oh God! but see my plans had all been to be a dancer that's what i wanted to awesome. do i was just waiting to get out of high school so I could head for MGM Studios. Well, that didn't work out because it ended. So I went to college and became a teacher.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and just so- Actually, came, we might not have met you. Yeah, <laughs> he, we would have we been
3: talking. Yeah. Oh, you ever hear about the famous actress, the famous <laughs> dance actress?
1: <laughs> yeah, Fair.
2: well, Well, people thought I looked a lot like Mitzi Gaynor, who at that time, you know, I was doing a lot of musicals. And so in my heart of hearts, I thought, well, maybe I could be in a musical with her. I could be her sister. Um,
0: do you and, have, do you still have photos from those, uh, I, those competitions?
2: I Yes, I do. I have some. We're going to have to
0: bust out the album.
2: Okay, I'll bring it. Okay.
3: I hope there's someone from Daytona Beach that's like, oh, I've seen these. Like, know, <laughs> For all our people in <laughs> Daytona, Daytona Beach. <laughs> okay, all the listeners in Daytona Beach. No, I just... Thank you for sharing that because I always just thought that was so amazing that at 13 years old you yeah. opened your own dance studio and that's how I've always pictured like you were teaching men.
2: I didn't think of it that way.
3: You, yeah, I mean, we're so set on like teaching taking place in a classroom, exactly, and it it's it happens anywhere and everywhere. So yes. even even in your childhood living room
1: right. and
3: even in your in your current kitchen. You still have two students,
1: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> but going on to your actual official
2: teaching career, right?
3: I know we were kind of talking beforehand. You you wanted to really discuss your
2: philosophy. On well, teaching. that makes a lot of difference. Every teacher's different, but I was thinking a lot about what I really wanted my students to become, and how to get them there. And every kid is different. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted them to be good people, I wanted them to be good listeners, I wanted them to be good thinkers and problem solvers, and I also wanted them to be good communicators. So in order to get there, you have to get the class to believe in some ways like you believe. And so here is the beginning, Mm -hmm. all right, and so you might want to answer some of this. The first thing... And all
1: those listening, wherever you are, make sure you're (laughs) all. The first thing
2: I want to ask you is, do you recognize who you really are?
0: I got to leave for this question. This is too deep. No, this is, this is, I mean, that's a great question. Are we... You're asking, I mean, I really instance, want to it's know. only us. And, and the so
2: listen, write yeah. in
0: who you think you are. But, Kev, yeah. you want to
3: go?
2: Are you, are you aware of who you really are?
3: At this stage in my life, uh, I, do, I do believe so. I Good. think I understand who I am fundamentally. I, am, I look back on things I've done. I'm very happy with you know all I've accomplished. And I'm very happy with what my core beliefs are. So I do believe that i that I know who I am.
2: Wow. Now I'm
0: afraid you're gonna like pull something out, and I'm just no. not gonna know anything. But I, I do believe I know.
2: Where are you, Justin?
0: I'm figuring it out, and I'm always I've always been one to like you know try a lot of different things. Um, Absolutely. You know, as far as I even like my career has gone. You know, I have gone yeah. in so many different directions. Yes. I've worked in creative fields. I've worked in you know corporate fields. Uh, I've excelled in you know. In both, I you know I failed in other like, um, and I think a lot of who I am is just I have a good sense of humility and I'm not scared to try something, but I want to make sure I'm doing the things that I want to be doing. I'd rather put my effort into that. Um, But as far as do I have a grasp on who I am? I like to think I do, but at the same time, I could wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I, I think differently about that. So I think it's like ever changing.
2: One of your great gifts that you have brought is your gift of art
1: thank you thank you. please
2: don't ever let it go yeah. I second that Well, Absolutely. just know that in a classroom when you have kids who looking at me they my favorite age to teach is 6th grade and that's 11-12 so see I remember very much what I, what it was like to be 11-12 so I ask them to realize just how unique they are they are the only one in all the world. Nobody else is like them. And I used to have them do thumbprint pictures, and uh, they could do just thumbprints if they wanted to and try to decipher it because that's the way people sometimes identify you, that nobody else has your thumbprint. It is only yours. But I want you to believe that you have arrived in history at exactly the right time, the right moment. Mm-hmm. And you have come, and you know what your big job is? Is to become totally who you are. And that means that you have to look deep and try things, lots of different yeah. things, because you have come with special gifts and special talents, and they belong not just to you, they belong to the community at large, the whole world, if possible because one single person can change the world one love beautiful well once the kids really listen and 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 say gee I'm really special I'm the only one and there's things inside of me that I have to discover then they become better listeners in my class and then after they become really good listeners and then we work on how to solve problems. Mm-hmm. One of the hard things with students is communicating, because most of school is communicating on paper.
1: Yep.
2: Right, and and if you remember, maybe you had to do a book report or something.
0: I remember those. Yes. Waiting till the last minute. But I paid my sister sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you see, kids would get so nervous that they would even throw up if they had to get up in front of the classroom. And so we had to get rid of shyness. Shyness doesn't get you anywhere. You know, you have to be able to speak your mind. And so we we would do lots of discussions. I just wonder how many families really sit and talk about things. You know, if you see a movie together, you watch a show on television together, do you afterwards, do you just talk about it a little bit? Mm -hmm. You know, because... I always told my students that every single one of them are also teachers. Every person that comes into your life is your teacher.
0: No matter how old No, how old. it doesn't
2: matter how old you are.
0: I'm gonna give you one bit of advice to hold the mic a little closer okay. to your mouth because I am the mic Nazi. I know
2: it. <laughs> I know it. And you know what? This thing is getting heavier and I, heavier. We're gonna get you, a stand. Oh, Wait, okay. you got to
0: stand. You gotta switch hands, friend.
3: You okay. gotta switch you hands. To switch we'll hands. hire we'll get an in, we'll okay. get an intern yeah, here to I hold know. it for you. Oh,
2: that will help because yeah. they're heavy. I know. I know. Justin I know. had to get
3: the good mics. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All
2: right. Now, let's talk for a minute about how you become a good person because you, that means being very respectful mm-hmm. right okay but it also there's more to it than that um i would always have a bulletin board Now you don't have to have a bulletin board in your home but you might have you might have <laughs> or
1: your car you might
2: have a cork board or something um please try to write things on something and stick it on them every time something really good is done for others What I would do in the classroom is I had a bulletin board that looked like an arm and a hand. And that was like a tree. And these are the branches. And then the big heading is our greatest natural resource is the human person. Now, that isn't always true because the human person can also be the most destructive on the planet. And we need everybody to use their talents um, and their problem solving to help our spaceship earth and this is and in fact right at this time we really need all the help we can get
1: Thanks.
2: so all right so what we would do is i would start with projects that the class could do together there's always comfort in doing group activities so in your family you could do something really good like pick up uh, I, I don't know Pick up trash along the street if you want. Clean it up when you take a walk. And that would be a simple thing. But then put that on your bulletin board. That's something you did for the community. Start thinking about what is something that you could do to make it better than it is now. And if you don't think that way, then nothing gets done. And so I would start that way. And then when students started to do things on their own, because they were thinking that way, We would put leaves on the tree, and by the end of the year, every single year, we had a tree full of leaves, beautiful things. Um, One year, um, there was a fire uh, in the local uh, animal shelter, and the kids were all worried about it. We talked about it. We said, is anything happening that we can help with? And someone raised their hand and said, Oh, what can we do? All that is burned down. There's no place now for homeless animals. So what did we do? Everybody talked about it. You must speak to each other. You have to, that's what happens. You have to have good conversation. Good conversation. We went around the room and finally we decided something that we could all do together was to have a garage sale. And so the kids brought their stuff to school. The room filled up with all kinds of wonderful things, and on a Saturday, I was there on a Saturday with the kids and we had a huge garage sale and The parents were delighted people were clapping. These kids ended up on television. Wow. We were invited to the local TV show this was in toledo and uh, I, parents had to come because we couldn't get a school bus. Nobody's going to pay for a school bus to do this, so everybody we had a long line of cars, and we all went in and they were on television and then they got a tour of the studio and they had the best day and We put that on our tree so this is the kind of thing that that I always tried to do with students start with a bird thing. Then let each student start to reach out on their own and bring these ideas in, and then we talk about them. I mean, sometimes they aren't practical, but a lot of times it's the kids who know. I mean, I had a student once who said, "I don't think we should be having uh, styrofoam at McDonald's. Just look at all the styrofoam, and it is. It, that's not a good thing, is it? No, it's not a good thing." Wow. All right, so that student at Lounsbury Hollow Middle School started a petition. Now, the kids didn't know about petitions, so we had to learn about them. But we started a petition, and it grew to thousands of names. We sent it to Chicago, to the office for McDonald's, and we got a phone call at our school. And they had a meeting, and they told us that they promised they were going to change from styrofoam. And the kids were so thrilled. It was like, like we had taken a trip to the moon because they had made things better. Wow. Now, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. But you've got to start with every kid has to feel that they have come and they have a special thing that they're going to do. They have, they have talents. They have gifts. They can become good thinkers. They can become good listeners. And they can become...
1: Good communicators and make the world a better place. Two things, <laughs>
3: real quick. Is I've known you for how many years, friend? It still blows my mind that you're just traveling this earth, having done all these things, like, and still just like, oh yeah, you know, we we like raised all this money, we got on the news, you know, all the students, like, yeah, and we talked about, it and we did it, we got in touch with McDonald's, and they called us, and they were you know making changes because of what we like. That just, that just is remarkable. And the other thing I just want to add is all, you know, you have done so much good for so many. And I just think it's so cool that these students are all grown adults now.
1: Yes, they
3: are. And they all get to carry that, that joy, that memory. Of, you know, and they're telling, these stories are still being told to people you don't even know exist. Oh, yeah. Well, when I was growing up, we actually had a teacher and we started a petition and we had a garage sale and ended up on TV. Yeah. And whether they're That's giving, amazing. whether
0: they're referencing, like, I'm sure some of the students reference you when they tell the story and there's others who may not, but regardless, yeah. so they matter. found their purpose. You know, they, they, they left the footprint mm-hmm. that, I mean, everyone leaves a bad footprint in the, yes. on the planet, but I think yes. it's our job to, you know, leave the good footprint of ourself going yes. forward.
2: Self-worth is such an important thing. You need to feel that your being here is important. Mm-hmm. That's,
1: Absolutely. So the dogs awesome. are coming upstairs. Oh, <laughs>
2: this is Lizzie. Hello, Lizzie.
1: <laughs> so,
3: is there is there more? So I I don't want to get bogged down in details, but yeah. when you're doing this with you know it's average you know sixth graders. How many weeks, because, you know, Justin and I remember starting, like, those first few days, weeks of school, like, it's, it's always a feeling out process, you, you know, maybe it's easier in high school because you've known the kids for years, but how long does it take the class to start gelling and, you know, buying into what you're, you're, you know, teaching these kids or talking about? Is it, does it vary? Like, are you just watching light bulbs each day pop up throughout the class?
2: Well... When I first meet the class, I always tell them that my class is going to be their favorite class. <laughs> the
3: level of
0: confidence you're allowed,
3: to, you're allowed to brag after a certain point. Well,
2: no, but I always feel that yes, you know what? Don't you love it when somebody says that they think learning is fun, and that every time you come in here, it's going to be a good time? And I would always say it's going to be your favorite class. And by the end of the year, I took a lot of pictures and I would put on bulletin boards, the kids doing interesting things. Um, always in the winter, we always did winter fires. When we did poetry, I love poetry. Um, we, I would rig up this little thing, I would bring in logs, and I would have some, like, cell phone paper and a red light in there, so it looked like a little fire. And they had to come with their poem, and they, we sat around the fire. We moved all the dust back, and that was Winter Fires. And they the kids couldn't wait to write another poem so that we could set it on fire again. But this is a kind of fun. I, I think learning is fun. Yeah. Um, I still want to learn something. That's why I mentioned I hope everyone is curious. I'm still curious. And I'm still looking for truth wherever it takes me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, some places are kind of strange, the things I read. But I'm looking. I just want to know answers. There's so many things out there that I don't have any answers for.
3: So just, you know, for Justin and I, and then even just for, you know, people listening, is, it, is that just staying curious the most important thing you kind of do as a person? Or like to stay as like a, a student, a teacher, is just to stay curious?
2: I think to stay curious would be the thing that would keep you to always be a learner. So you were always growing. I would like to think that you are always growing and unfolding, you could say, you know, becoming who you truly are till your last breath.
1: Always in bloom?
2: Always in bloom. Absolutely.
1: I'm loveless. Yeah, that's I just love this. I know
0: it's good because you got nothing to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's you know. Shut me up. You usually <laughs> got to take me to the pound and like, euthanize me. like... I'm, like I don't stop talking. That's the second time I've heard to make that joke in one week so.
1: Yeah. He believes it. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. I have a lot of things. I mean that that would help other people uh, with their own kids. Like uh you haven't asked me the big question. There are always those students that just <laughs> <big> question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't want to do something. You know, they're hesitant and they and they just act like that that school might be a little boring no matter what you do, you can kind of notice that you don't see fire in their hearts, okay? So one of my favorite projects is to do the real-life thing. And so it starts off easy. I say, all right, tonight you are to choose the kind of car you want to drive, when you can drive. Pick it out. Find out how much it costs. Okay? And they would come back, and so we would start a booklet where they start with the things that they like. i like, how expensive is that car? Okay. And then in the newspaper, I would get the newspaper. Oh, the people used to be so good about sending stacks of papers to the school. And everybody would have a paper, and I'd say, okay, everybody has their car. Well, you need a place to live. All right, let's all find an apartment or a house. Pick up the one you want. And so they were very busy and cutting them out and pasting them off. All right? Then I said, okay, so now that's a lot of money. Um, What kind of job are you going to have? And then they would look at all the jobs that were available. And they would start to see that school was more important than they realized and that their education was going to help them achieve all of the things that they wanted. And they really, at the end of the project, they just, <clears throat> they were different kids. They, they really wanted to learn something. Okay, we have to pass this test. So, you know, sit up straight, let's do it. Um, and I also did the stock market. I don't know what you know about the stock market.
1: Not to lose <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell
2: you that no, When it. you're doing fractions, it's a perfect time to do the stock market. But I would give all the kids an imaginary amount of money like a hundred dollars and then they could go through and they could pick out anyone they wanted to buy all right so then they had their stock and then we had to watch it so i had to get more newspapers so they would check did it go up did it go down that sort of thing and then at the end of the project the person who made the most money they got an award from me a silver dollar and I gave out a lot of silver dollars, but um, I always thought that it would somehow in, impact their life and that they would know how important it is that people do invest in this country. We have to help people that are starting their companies. We just have to be kind of wise about the ones we choose. Kids usually were choosing things that they liked, uh, like Toys R Us, <laughs> which now there's no Toys R Us, but they were picking out the things that they understood. Uh, Coca-Cola, things that they, you know, yeah. all right? Um, and it was always fun to me when a parent would call the school and ask me to call them, and they would say, my kid is making so much money on the stock market, I'm going to have to invest in that stock. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you made my day. <laughs> it was lovely. Okay. Now, well, we had the Peace Club, you know, there's so many things that I'll have to bring my peace club book. I have a book with lots of pictures, Uh, but that came from a student. All of these things are coming from students.
3: Was was the peace club? What got you recognized by the
1: The, uh, UN? Yes.
3: You want you want to dive into that a little bit? I mean, it's just just, one thing. And let me just interrupt because we mentioned on the on the pilot episode that you taught in nine states. Yes. From like early in your career, were you kind of doing this, or was as you were learning, as you went, was it just growing and growing just naturally? Or was it great from the start?
2: Every class is different. And the the thing that I realized is that I could never make cookie cutter kids out of all of them. Uh, so how could I reach them and where they were? You know, if you're starting like a first grade, and I did teach first grade. I taught it for two years in different states. Um had a lot of interviews and a lot of schools. Uh, um, but that's another story. But I learned a lot from every place I went. So if the kids were real little, I could not do all this this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But as they got older, once they had all of their reading skills and they could do research, um, the sky's the limit. Until in uh, seventh and eighth grade, there's a time when a lot of kids like to get quiet and you don't know much about them they kind of withdraw a bit Mm -hmm. and I think that has to do with the hormones happening and so um, I had to kind of change some of the things and how I did them but all throughout my teaching career it was meeting the kids finding out what their needs were and how can I reach them and I had three sons of my own so I would try things at home with them and then if they worked and they seemed good, then I would use them in the classroom. Of course, I always had the curriculum that you had to stick with. and That's a problem because you've got to keep moving. But I always had to interject the fun in learning. There had to be something that made sense to them and a reason to do what we were doing.
3: So, with that, tell us about the
2: piece. Okay, alright. Well, <clears throat> there was a time when Gorbachev was uh, meeting with Reagan. And one of my favorite students, Marcy, wanted to do something for peace. <clears throat> she said she was also worried about nuclear war. You know, and there had... Well, I can
0: relate. I mean, it's kind of... We're <laughs> in the same part right now.
2: And so we wrote some letters, and uh, we started thinking about what can we do. We read a book called Sadako, and this is, there was the story of a Japanese girl who was folding cranes. Um, she had become ill after we dropped the, the bombs. And she had to fold a thousand cranes and then her prayer or her wishes would come true. And so as we read about her, Marcy said, I know we should fold a thousand cranes and take them to President Reagan. And we did. And what was wonderful is we had to learn how to fold them. And then parents started dropping them off and putting them in my mailbox because they really wanted to be part of it. Here was a wonderful kid's idea, and uh, and it was beautiful. And we got on the train, and we went to the White House, and we were waiting to actually speak to President Reagan. But then one of the helpers, his assistants, came out, and they said that he was getting ready for um, uh, some kind of interview, and he wasn't ready. What we didn't know at that time, that he was already struggling mentally, uh, and so we didn't get to actually see him. But this lovely person that worked with him uh, took our cranes to him. We also had a book of peace with all kinds of letters and poems from students, and we had a marvelous time there, I can tell you right now. And I really think it made a difference because when Marcy moved on to the high school, the kids that knew about the cranes in the school and everything, they wanted to have a peace club. So I got permission to stay after school and we got a bus for the kids and peace club began. And the kids came, I had a student who sang, let, let there be peace on earth, Melissa. What a voice, what a wonderful kid. And we started talking about what can we do around here That can bring more peace. And so that's how it began. And so we did it on Wednesdays, but pretty soon we had so many kids and there was just me. I didn't have anybody helping me. So we had to split it up to the fifth grade and then the sixth grade and then the seventh grade and then the eighth grade had been moved to another school. So I was able to stay three afternoons, and we got three buses. And the kids worked on these marvelous projects. We had friends in other parts of the world. Um, we were able to send them things about New Jersey, and they sent us things about Japan. That was We had a lot of friends in Japan. But um, that peace club changed so many hearts. Um, for instance, in Home Ec, they had all kinds of pots and pans, uh, that they weren't using at all in the class. And they were going to just get rid of them. And so I told them about the people in Pine Island, all the pickers and the workers that worked there. I said, can't we donate them? They gave us everything that they were going to throw away. And we had the joy. It took a group of students to Pine Island. And they met us, and we gave them that. And the people were crying, and they said, we don't have to give them back." It was absolutely Barnless. We also gave coats to the homeless. We took things into New York with sandwiches. Um, there there were so many things these kids did. And we started writing to the United Nations to tell them that we were working for peace and we wanted to know what else can we do. And they started paying attention to what we did. And it was because of what, all those wonderful kids and what they did writing letters to soldiers and sailors and people in the military. And and by the way, there was a wedding that came out of that when they grew up. The kids grew up, and they still stayed in touch with this person, and they ended up getting married. But um, all I can tell you is that when we got that call, that we had been chosen to be a peace messenger for the United Nations. I wanted all the kids to go with me. I really did, because... I could never have done this in Yeah. And uh, so I went, and on that wonderful day, when they only ring that bell one one stroke, boom, and it's in September, and that's Peace Day.
0: Now, as far as like, your time, like, how much time did this We talked about time before. How much time did this take? This sounds like it was like a full-time job on top of a full-time job.
2: Well, it was, and I wasn't paid for it, but I never wanted to be paid for it. That's not why we did it. We were simply doing my whole philosophy that we have arrived at the right time and we're supposed to be here, and we have talents and we have gifts and we want to share them with the world.
0: It's like, uh, like a version of Forrest Gump, right, Justin? She's like, yeah, hey. it's just all Wait. over the place. You're like, every major event that happened, <laughs> like somehow you like were involved. I, it's just.
3: Here I've heard so many of these stories before, but some of them are, are new for the first time for me. And it's it's just such a reminder, friend. And this is this is how I think of you in so many ways, just being this natural teacher and having this huge effect on so many people. And I just know that there's thousands of these kids all grown up that that hold the memory of you so fondly and just I can't imagine how many became teachers and used your techniques. It's it's great, and now now we're we're kind of doing it again. And yeah. you know, how many people are going to listen to this that we'll never know? We'll never know about, mm-hmm. but we'll hear your message about how to be a good person, be a good listener. You know, that positive visual, visualization of you know if you do something good, write it down, put it on your your grow tree, your good tree, whatever you, you want to call it. I mean, it's just. We're, you're still doing what you were doing all those years ago. And maybe I don't know, do maybe we'll go to the Ukraine or are, are we taking the, the podcast uh, abroad? No.
0: I like it here. I love America. <laughs> I mean I like traveling, but within America. No, it's
3: I think I think everyone listening, you know, listen to this episode twice, listen to what Fran is saying and find ways to implement peace. Oh yeah. In your community, in your families, in your friend groups. In your own life, because
0: peace is the answer, right, friend? Yes, it is. If we could just give it a chance. we yes. Just give it a
1: chance. Yes.
0: We also need an intern because I uh, I'm out of water and I didn't eat anything. All I had today, I had two apples and a banana oh, and trail mix okay. today. Oh, that's <laughs> not enough. I don't feel like an animal. <laughs>
3: that's, <laughs> like, you know, that's not enough.
0: No, I was all over the place. It was busy today I'm thirsty, and that teapot has nothing in it. Oh, it's well, a prop. Well, who yeah. who knew? I didn't approve I didn't approve don't get don't, don't away all the magic yeah we know you
3: as the
1: cops.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well we either pause it or if you want to no just some, just keep it running okay. you want me to pour some I'm gonna go yeah, it, no, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna get I there. I guess um, I'm not even gonna ask this question because it, it just wouldn't be fair as to like what your proudest moment is because they're just I mean even in meeting me
1: <laughs>
3: God. Even just a handful of examples you give it now, like you can never pick one. I mean, you could probably give like the the general answer of just you know your proudest moment, is just having a positive impact on all the students. I mean, that could that could sum it up for you. But it's just so much. Um, I wrote something before, right as we were kind of starting. Can we
1: be our own teachers? Yes. Oh.
2: Well, bored. in fact, uh, there, there is a way that you can find out on your own and teach things. Well, think about Lincoln. He was his own teacher. You know, he had reading skills, so he walked all the way to the library, borrowed books and read and taught himself how to be a lawyer. He never got to go to school. But I think it's more important for you to understand who you really are. And the way you do it is you get in touch with that inner voice that's inside of you. And I always, the way I think about it is I think about our bodies as being like the car. And I think about the person we are is the person inside that car. All right. So then you have to treat the car really well, right? But you also know when you're going the wrong way. Just listen. You'll know when you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing that. It's not good for you. And that inner voice will help you kind of unfold. If you're a flower, unfold petal by petal. But every single day. Some people call it meditation. They just spend some quiet time with themselves. And I recommend it. I do it.
1: I think
0: too, like another thing is like learning from, like, I mean, life is one of the greatest teachers as well. Just like going out there doing that and making the mistakes. Yes. And obviously, there's some mistakes, like, once they're made, like, they might be, they might jeopardize something. Like, obviously, within good reason, um, you want to have your judgment in place as well while you're,
3: you
1: know, moving throughout life.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Can't put bad gas in the car. So tell me... That's, is know, that alcohol? Is that for Alcohol? <laughs> <The>
0: alcohol <laughs> is good gas for a little bit, and then it gets bad. High octane I, I,
3: I, okay, So yeah. if you
2: put junk in your body,
3: yeah, it's
2: like bad gas in the yeah. car. So And that's not good. And so you didn't feel well because you were eating...
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I, pour, I had consumed some <laughs> alcohol the other night, and when I got back home, I consumed some some gross food, some some what frozen, was some, gross some food? frozen pizza, okay. and the whole did you, thing did you heat it up? You just ate it cold. Don't don't start. Disgusting. Yeah, and in the moment I was like, oh, this this is okay, but you know what? I saw the box in the freezer, and I saw I looked at like the calories and all that. I was like, this is not good. Yeah. So sober, Kevin would just be like, ah, no, like that's 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 bad bad fuel, but slightly immigrated i said all right why not have a piece of yeah. But yeah you i do believe like that is something i struggle with now because i have a a job that i i took for various reasons that has a physical strain on me um my uncle did it for years he needed two new knees he needed wrist surgery on both wrists and it it pays well but i I have this conversation with my coworkers all the time. I'm just like, is this really what I want to do the next 30 years? Yes. Because I only have this one body. I know that.
1: Yes. And you're, you're getting healthy. 30 years out. Crazy. Crazy.
3: Your health is your wealth. You don't get calluses anymore. You don't know. You forget what it's like. Up there. Yeah. I've been getting some of that. I've been getting some. But it's, some brick. it's something, it's something I, I, I do think about a lot. Like, am I, am I going the right way? And I think about the jobs I've had in the past, you know, when I was working in the you know, the park service and that was such a such a wonderful time in my life. And the things I I did and the people I met, the places of course. And you know, of course I I gave that up because I was listening to this voice that said, Kevin, you gotta you gotta mature, you gotta grow up, you gotta settle down. It was this this settling idea. And then I settle down and I look at what I settled into now after, you know, the dust kind of settles into the settlement. Oh, that word. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put that Yeah, yeah dust that. settles into the settlement. I like yeah. it, though. And it's just like, is this, is this really the direction I want to continue to go?
2: The very fact that you're asking yourself these questions tells me, <laughs> tells me that the inner voice is trying to reach you.
0: Yeah. Kevin from a guy who quit two jobs in one year. <laughs> Let me tell you, just quit. <laughs> I just
3: it's that uh societal pressure
1: yes. of
3: like of health insurance. Mm-hmm. That yes. as an adult is a pretty cool thing. Yes. You know, I I didn't have that with prior prior jobs. Right. Um retirement, you know, I have that. So it's I got a I okay. it's do I do what feels good today and sacrifice tomorrow kind of deal. And it's something, yeah, I think about often. But like you said, like the second you know, I'm thinking about it, like the voice is there. Yes, it is. And, yes. and my I'm, voice doesn't help.
1: <laughs>
3: no, you're you're a great friend, you're very
1: helpful. Um but these seeds get planted. Yes. And Things grow. I mean, that's why we're here
3: right now. Is that an idea of a seed, and we're we're blooming and blossoming now. But it's something I I have to really consider because I think ideally I just want a, a work remote job so I could travel, yes. hopefully get paid while doing something else. Yes, because I'm well aware of how awesome it is to be out in the world. Yes, and not that I don't love New Jersey. I mean these these trees are my home, but I just know there's I trees on the one. Yeah. Places. I just I just want to I just want to get back to the desert. I think that's really what it comes down to. I,
2: I don't think everyone knows that you're a poet.
3: I don't. Th- I am. I do the poetry. I don't think that's going to pay many bills. Oh, it's he's going to start
0: rapping
2: though.
3: Right? <laughs>
0: poetry and rap
3: go ahead. so he's going to start. I'm going to record my poems and just speed them up. Yeah.
2: Yes. Well, it's a great gift.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Your your support for the poetry has
0: always meant a lot to me. Why don't you write a poetry for me? Like a a, a a poem a poetry. Why don't you write a poem for me, Kev? Where's my poem? I've known you for how long? Where's my poem? Uh, wh- I want it. I want it beautiful. I want it about like my eyes, my, my my very green eyes, my my very um essence. You know, really really put effort into it. You should write you should write a poem. It would have nothing good to say about me. If I wrote my own poem, it would be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> I am
1: uh, I am going to do a better job of listening to that inner voice good and figuring out what direction to steer this
2: this vehicle wonderful because the inner voice really knows everything
1: always always, always. Yeah. the inner voice knows everything and I'm just going to do a better job of listening in
0: general <laughs> <laughs>
3: Real quick, friend. What just got to jump back to the whole teaching thing? As in, what, what's your life experience been as a student? You've taught so many, but what were you a good
2: student? I was an excellent student. Don't question. Well, it, it was always easy for me. I was really blessed with um, just memorizing. I mean, you know, I learned to take tests by. Going in the back door, I don't know if you understand what that means, but you look at the question, and then you eliminate, there are always four possibilities, mm-hmm. and you eliminate two right away. And then you read the question again, and you can almost answer without ever really knowing a lot, because the the, the real answer answers that question you're looking for. It is like, I don't know, it just always came easy for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was a good student. You're
0: a good guesser. It was. it was kind of guessing. Kind of guessing yeah. It
2: was kind of guessing, and I it's kind I, of life
0: too. Educated guessing, you know, you guess and, you know to make to, the best decision possible. There must used, not be a few.
2: I used to teach all my kids how to take tests. I always told them that remember, people just make these up, you know. So they're people. So, <laughs> that is.
0: <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. Uh, it's just it's just made up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they do. They make up these tests. They are based on your reading skills, and they think that they are good. I feel
0: like you're giving secrets away right now. No, there's. No. Uh,
2: you know what? We're coming just,
0: for the SATs. We're taking them down. <laughs> I, I probably I did so bad on my SATs.
2: Well, it, well, you know, they are rewriting a lot of tests mm-hmm. because. But they're all the tests are good. I they're doing more
0: standardized tests. Like I'm happy I got out of school when I did. Um, like we had, you know, standard, we had certain tests, but yes. I feel like once I left I heard like years later they're adding more, and now it's like, like quarterly almost. It's like, oh my god, like, what are you like? Yeah. What are you doing to these kids?
2: Yeah, it's like a game. If you like puzzles, you know, and you like you like to resolve problems, it's like a game when you're taking a test. And I would always teach them how to eliminate two of the answers right away. Mm -hmm. And the kids just loved it, and my my classes did well.
3: What what topics did you
2: teach? Reading was my specialty, because that's the key. If you are a good reader, you can... You can learn the rest of your life.
1: Because yeah. I can't
3: imagine, like, an algebra class sending, like, a message, a messenger to, like, the UN. It would have to be
2: something. Well, language arts. Yeah. like, a
0: little
1: closer.
2: Okay.
0: I'm Mike Nazi here.
2: Okay. Language <laughs> arts. And that's That, to me, was where I was able to, like, reach out. But I taught social studies. I love, love social science. studies. I love science.
3: So, one other thing I want. I reached out to a... Uh, co-worker an old co-worker of yours another teacher one we've discussed before who's uh actually has some art kind of hanging here he mentioned something and i don't think you've ever told me about it the council of all
2: beings that's one of my absolute favorite projects yes well now's the time for the council of all beings it's spring and you go for a spring walk take your family take your friends and go looking at everything that's coming alive after being asleep. And let something mean more to you than the other things. I mean, they're all important. Everything that's alive has its place and is important. But look at what speaks to you. Maybe it's a caterpillar, who you knows? Or maybe it's a butterfly. Um, maybe it's a frog. There are all kinds of things happening out there. You could go any time of year, actually. Even a winter is a nice walk. Take a winter walk. And then when you come back, you have chosen the thing you're going to speak for, the thing that really impacted you. Maybe it was uh, you saw the red hawk flying, and that really is what you want to learn about. So then we would research the thing that you were interested in so that you knew a lot about them, especially what their needs are in life, how they can survive. And so then you're going to speak for them as they address the two-leggeds who are not taking a very good care of the earth.
0: Yeah, we don't do a good job taking care of the planet. I don't even think we need to take care of it anymore. That's right. To the point where it's just like, it's
1: so far gone. It, it's it, like, well, yes. it's just, I know. we gotta know.
2: I know. When you see people <clears throat> move in and they cut down every tree and build their big house. And they, they are not sensitive to all the life that lives there. But then on the day, all right, here we are. They've done their research. They have thought about what this thing, this creature, this animal, this plant, you can be a plant, you can be a mountain, you could be anything that you want to talk about. All right. Then you speak for them, but you have to use a paper bag to decorate it so that it's like if it's a butterfly, you can use construction paper and put that all over or you could actually go out and get some sticks and glue them on and you could be a tree you can be whatever you but you have to sort of look like what you're doing and then on that day everybody you gotta get serious you can't this is not funny okay it's serious everybody leaves the room and they line up outside And the two-legged people that are going to be the council, they're going to listen, right? They're waiting, and then I have a Native American drum that I always play, and I beat the drum, and in walks, plants and animals, and they come, and they sit around the two-leggeds. And then it begins. The two-leggeds say, well, what are you doing here today? And then one stands up. And they start, and then the two-legged can like say, "Well, uh, we can't do anything about that. We have to have cars. We have to have you know, emissions coming out of our cars." We're there. I'm sorry that the air isn't the way you want it. Why are you coughing, butterfly? You know. But then the kids have to defend who they are, mm. and that they are important in life on this planet. And I can tell you that after they speak for them. I would always take all of the paper bags and pin them up around the room so it didn't go away right away. They were different kids. They were very different. In fact, some of the kids, when I would run into them, they would say, you know what? I'm still looking out there and, and speaking for the plants and animals that can't speak for themselves. And then I love that. That just makes me so happy. Yeah. So it changes.
1: Joy, yeah, gives you the perspective. It's like hold true to yourself.
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: Interesting. So everyone listening, find find mm-hmm. that one being, that one yes thing in nature, and and defend
1: it. Be its voice.
2: It right. it has no voice.
1: Yeah, oh, man, I don't have a voice, man. I not like. I feel like uh,
3: but like, is it Billy Madison? I feel like I want to go back to sixth grade. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah a Great great <laughs> I, I, think I want to go back
3: and I want to do these no. projects. I mean, I stayed after school in sixth grade, but I did like volleyball club,
1: yeah
3: like which was fun, but it wasn't peace club. it wasn't councils of beings or anything anything of that
0: sort. but I'm doing it now
1: yes, it's I mean, never I'm, too late
0: yeah no. i'm I'm and, learning that. and I like what you said as far as like learning, like re- like reading yes. and like I always say like communication's like the most important thing, yes, yes. like the language you speak. Yes. Um, you know, being able to read and write and just master that language. Cause that's yes. how things get done. That's, that's how true. problems are solved. That's how people communicate. That's where I, I mean, I remember i um, granted I went to college for a year, but I had one of my like, uh, writing or It was like a writing or English class. And I kind of coasted always through school. I never really applied myself you know, fully. And it was towards the end, my grades were low and, uh, my professor just like pulled me off the side. He's like, yeah, he's like, we're going like, to, I'll give you like, you know, he's going to let it slide. Um, he's like, you were the only one who contributed anything to the classroom. Cause nobody, anytime there was a question asked, no one would answer. No one would raise their hand. No one, no one engaged. I always did anything that when I led like group projects. I always had to, like, I'd always just be like, all right, well, let's just make the best of it. Um, which that to me, I was like, oh, all right, cool. Like that was just me being me, but also like when I'm there, wherever I was, be present. Now, if I wasn't doing the work, you know, I wasn't doing the work, but he, he liked me enough to let it slide. And, uh, I'm a big advocate on like, just mass, like my, you know, English. That's, that's all I got. I can't, I don't know any other language. I've tried to learn Spanish, I pick up like little bits of it. But, um, other than that, like, let me just master what I know and continue to learn. Friend, Do you consider Justin a natural leader?
2: Oh, he has all kinds of leadership qualities. Yes, he does. Oh yeah, I
0: like this. I like where this conversation.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, do, do you consider
0: yourself? A, oh, a uh, like a natural that, leader? Yeah. Um, because in that, in that, I like. Is- I, it's it's funny because I definitely like being in con. I like being in control. I like being in control of the situation. Like, and I've I've worked where I've had to manage like a team of like it was like twelve sales reps. Yes. So I would meet with them, you know, try to like you know meet one on ones, do group meetings, and it was like. It was challenging because you have so many different, you know, yeah. viewpoints and, and just right. how everyone handles certain things like emotionally. Like I'd be in a meeting and we'd go over stuff and it's like, does anyone have a problem? No one would say anything. And then after the fact, someone would come to me because they don't want to talk around other people. And then I'd have to, it was just like, well, I wish, you yes. know, like I can't get mad at them for that because that's, that's who they are. But it was just that, that balancing of like um, personalities and relationships. That was probably the toughest thing I ever had to do.
1: Right.
0: I still see him. I worked, you know, uh, with the company, but, uh, as an independent, uh, rep. Um, but yeah, that was, a, uh, it was a tiresome, tiresome job managing people. It props it.
3: anyone who does it. Yes. Well, managing and leading are two separate
0: things. Uh, you, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It
2: is, but he has those skills.
0: Yeah. But- yeah. As a natural leader. Yes. Managing. I, I really don't like managing people. I can manage a small group. Like if it's like four, I would say four or five, yes. But if it's, once you get into like 10 plus, it's just, it's too much. Because then all you're doing is managing, you're not focusing on like what's important. It's more about, you know, numbers and all this other BS, where it's like, let me just do something I'm passionate about and and drive that machine instead of Mm. walk around fixing flat tires
1: with everybody else's problems. And that's what it turned into. Good answer. Yeah. Maybe Justin does know himself.
2: He, well, a little um, bit. he does. He does. I just want to encourage him to whatever he's doing to keep the art in his life alive.
0: This is art. We're creating. We're being, you know, yes. just, this well, is a, a form. That's this is exactly a form right. of visual I made the logo.
2: I did the logo. Love the logo. I know.
0: It's pretty cool. It's
2: cool. It really is.
3: I'm going to get a tattoo on me. <laughs> Fred, you're going to tattoo it on him. Oh, no. I would a hundred percent let you do it.
1: Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh
3: man. Well, I think um, I'm feeling pretty good. I think we've captured a lot, and I think we actually okay. still leave a lot to even come back to. Okay.
1: If like, we ever
0: wanted to, you know, revisit teaching. I don't know. Did yeah. you have anything else you kind of wanted to add? No, to I'm, I'm I'm happy with how it went. Um, obviously, I know we had people write in audio stuff. Look, I'm not an audio guy. I'm working on it. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs>
3: Don't so, worry, Justin's very thick skin. He doesn't like criticism get to him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, I, and I like how we just kind of just, I, you know, just get right to it, like come and set up, shoot it. Yes. Yeah. Well, friend, do you have any? Um,
3: someone wrote into me and said that they really liked the idea of the Army of Good. <gasps> uh, okay. I was thinking maybe it could be fun. We'll have to track it somehow. What? What army of good tasks do you want the listeners to do? I'm
2: going to think about that.
3: Just, yeah. And we can just yes. do like one a week, like yes. call, call a childhood friend you haven't spoken to yes. or write a letter to someone, write a letter to yourself. But I think that could be fun to yes. just kind
1: of give thing. the listeners
3: something to think about, something to do.
2: Exactly.
3: That's what we're trying to do is spark, spark the goodness, spark mm-hmm. the peace. Right. Uh, just a few other loose ends to get to. Don't forget, you can write in at teawithfranmail.com. We got our first bit of Fran mail to start the show. So we want more Fran mail. That was, that's fun to do. You can find us online on Instagram, with Fran podcast. That's Instagram where you can DM us. You can comment. But connect with us. That's where you're going to get up-to-date information. We're going to try to get these shows out on a regular basis. Yeah, Tuesday, we're looking Tuesdays, dropping them on Tuesdays. We're making Justin do all this technical work. So please no. be nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I do, I don't mind the
0: editing part. It's easy, man. I, I got that good. I, you take care. Of, you, you're taking care of everything as far as the post and manage and all that. I don't want to do any of
1: it. Okay, yeah. Uh, I
0: do. Good. I do this. He does that. We're good. The second I start doing that, I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> I'm gonna be mad.
3: Yeah. Well, at least you're not admitting to it on, on record. Uh, <laughs> just, just one thing we got to. Uh, special thanks to the Black Creek Band for our intro music. Oh yeah, yeah. Their uh, mm-hmm. rendition, I guess it's a traditional song, Shady Grove Have yes. to uh, look up the original. Um, yeah, the originals fine. of traditionals exist. So yeah, we gotta thank Adam for that. He's, he's also provided some other uh, music for us to use throughout the show. So big thanks to Adam, thank mm-hmm. you for what you do for us. And yeah, uh, Fran, you're a natural teacher. This is teaching with Fran. It could be a whole other podcast. We're just, you're back <laughs> to work, Fran. You're back to work. <laughs>
2: Okay, I just hope I can get over the butterflies because this is all so new. Yeah, Brand, you're nervous. Right? Yeah. You, it's not you. you nerd, you're like a UN peace ambassador.
0: your peace Corps. I Like,
1: know, but you
3: you tucked Ronald Reagan to bed one day. Like, you've done so much. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you know the owners of McDonald's reached
3: out to. Don't get don't get shy now. It's just Justin yeah. and I.
2: Okay, and and whoever's watching.
3: Whoever's watching. Right. Whoever's yes. listening. Yeah, it's getting late too. Yeah. yeah so. oh. So this is tea with Fran. Yes.
2: Stay right. curious. Stay
3: curious. Right into us. Yes. Until next time. And do what you can to join the army. Okay. Good. Thank you, guys. Bye.